Has anybody in their life have like a reoccurring dream that they just keep having over and over again throughout their life? Anybody? Anybody? No. Okay. Few people, few people. Okay, cool. For me, it's this, um, I always have a dream that I'm on this island, like plane crashes and I have to survive and it's like, I don't know, like a castaway type of dream. And so actually one time I had a dream that actually Collision was on an island and Doug was in a Hawaiian shirt. That was really cool. And then a couple weeks ago, I had a dream that it was just me and like a hundred puppies. I'm not kidding you. All different shapes and sizes. It was so good. And I knew I wasn't like having to like survive because I saw in the background that there was just like this food table and it was filled with like cold cuts and like this guy had a chef hat. He was flipping eggs. I knew I was taking care of it. It was literally the best dream of my life. And I want that as a vacation really badly. Um, but yeah, I, growing up, I always had these dreams that I was on this island, I was stranded, I had to survive. And I, I, don't, like, I don't know why, and I was actually terrified, because growing up, I really thought I would have to like, survive on an island, and I was, I was petrified. And be, I, I don't know if it was like I was fearful that I was going to get stranded and away from society, I don't know what it was, but I was fearful, I was scared I was, that I would be alone and away from society and and I didn't want that to happen. And as I look at like our age group, millennials, and I just have this thing that we kind of feel the same way too, that we don't want to be alone. And a lot of us might in this room tonight feel like we're alone, and that nobody wants us, nobody cares about us, that we, some of you guys might have come and just came and you don't think anybody cares that you're in this seat tonight. And you feel abandoned, you feel like nobody wants you. And I think it's something that we can all struggle with. And this loneliness that I want to talk about tonight, it could rob you of your joy, it could rob you of peace. And it's something that honestly, if you're a Christian or not Christian here in this room tonight, it's something that you could struggle with. You don't have to believe what we believe to struggle with the fact that we just feel disconnected, that we don't feel like we belong anywhere, Christian or not Christian. And it's, it just seems to me, to be honest with you, just so crazy. Because the internet today, we're just so connected. We're like, we have the World Wide Web, and we can FaceTime, we can talk to anybody all across the world, and, and we should be so connected. But as a society, as millennials, as my age group, it's just like feeling like we're not connected, we're not belonging, like this deep intimacy with friendships and relationships. And we just feel like, like this darkness, or we have like this fog around us. We feel alone. We feel like nobody cares. And, and why is that? And if, oh look, it's statistically true, and there's a couple statistics I want to share with you that um, a study done by Duke University and University of Arizona said in the last 20 years, the number of people saying that there's no one in their life that they can discuss important matters with has nearly tripled. A separate Australian study found that young adults were by far the most likely to be feeling lonely, with 30% saying that they frequently feel alone. For comparison, among those just a little bit older, 35 to 39, only 6% said that they often feel lonely. Add in the fact that statistically, Generation Y tends to be rather self-centered and afraid of commitment. We have a group, us, that tends to just find itself alone in a crowd. How are we struggling with this? Why do we, like, why do we just feel like nobody cares about us? And um, I just want to be honest with you guys today and be super vulnerable. Um, a lot, a lot of you guys, um, if you don't know, um, right now I'm cur like currently like living a dream and like I'm doing things I just never thought I would ever do. Um, some of you guys know I make music with my friend. Um, he's in the back. Don't look back there. Um, but 
And so, yeah, I make music with him. And we're doing things, man, that I, I just, I never even dreamed of because I just never thought that dream would ever happen. And I'm living this thing out. And to be honest, on the outside, everything's so good. Like, things are getting better and better, and no pun intended, but, and, and everything is just, like, working out. <laughs> Some of you guys got that. <laughs> and everything's working out. But on the inside, what's going on behind the scenes, like, I, I just feel, like, so alone and feel like, man, if I got real with people, like, they wouldn't want to see me. And only people cared about my, what I could do for them and, and, and my music. And I remember one time I was on this concert, and... Everyone was screaming, like, everybody, like, like, it was like 500 people. Everyone's screaming, jumping up and down. Like, and I, on stage, felt so alone. Felt like no one even cared about me. And I, I, honestly, those are lies. But, and look, I, I, I'm, I, to be honest, like, I'm kind of petrified to be up here. Not because, of, like, this public speaking thing, but just because, like, I'm, I'm Anthony, I'm 22 years old, like, how, how am I going to provide hope? How, how, do I really have the answers? And, man, like, I'm 22 years old, like, I pray that, a lot of you guys are older than me in the room, I pray that you don't look down upon me, and because I know, for me, if someone was younger than me, preaching to me, I would feel like, there's pride in me, like, oh, he doesn't know what I'm going through, but look, I have my story, I have God's word, I pray that you could just relate with me. And, and, sh- and I'm just sh- showing you, and I'll be super honest, super vulnerable. Like, I don't have all the answers. I'm broken just like you. I'm not any better than you. I'm just trying to figure this thing out. But I found hope, and I found bread, and I want you, I want to point you to where there is some bread. And so to define loneliness so that we're all on the same page, it's just this unhappiness brought on by a feeling of being disconnected or out of touch. It's a loss of intimacy or the sense of belonging. And so many people just end up in loneliness. And I just want to list how people end up in loneliness by they just people separate themselves. They don't want to hang out with anybody. They just rather be alone. That they're feeling deserted. This especially happens, man, when we're when we're, a relationship is going tough or things don't happen with a friendship that we wanted to, and we we break up in a dating relationship or a divorce or and. And it's just, we just feel abandoned and we feel deeply hurt by this separation. Maybe just a sense we get into loneliness by failure. And Christians in the room, we just sometimes seem like we're struggling with the same sin over and over again. And we just feel like, man, does anybody get what I'm going through? Man, I feel so alone in this battle. I feel I can, can never get out of it. And I, I feel that too. Because I remember growing up, a youth leader told me this one time, and I still love him to this day, but he said, I talked to him, I got super honest, super vulnerable with him. I laid it all out there, and he was kind of at the end of it just like, I don't know what I can do. I don't know how I can help you. And I don't know, that kind of stuck with me throughout the years. Maybe I can't be super vulnerable. Maybe I can't be super honest. But I get that. I really do. And maybe it's a family situation. You just go home. And you feel so alone, you feel like you're the only sane person in that household. It might be, you might get into loneliness by chasing success. And you, everything's doing good, but everything, you get everything you've ever wanted. But somehow, some way, you just end up losing your soul. It could be through burning out, feeling inferior, feeling insecure. Or maybe just simply being different. Just not fitting into normal society standards. And, and that's okay. Jesus so loves you. And that's the case. 
but we can end up in loneliness in so many different ways, and the effects of loneliness are so drastic because we might go through relationship to relationship, and because we're lonely, because we want to feel valued and loved, we chase after different people, and we chase after going from this boyfriend, this boyfriend, this girlfriend, this girlfriend, thinking that it could satisfy you, but it really doesn't. And that's like, to be honest with you, that's me because I knew in my head that a girlfriend wasn't going to satisfy me. I knew in my head that if I had a girlfriend, I, wasn't, I was still going to struggle with loneliness, but I didn't believe it. And so a year ago, getting into a relationship, I thought, okay, I'm not going to struggle with loneliness anymore. But I still do. And actually, it's gotten worse. So chasing people, and even just friendships, sometimes we can just idolize friendship so much, thinking that the friendship is going to make us feel like we're not, we don't, we're not alone anymore. And because sometimes we try to seek and feel like we're valuable and feel like we're loved, we do things that we never thought we were going to do. We take things too far. We drink a little bit too much. We look at porn a little bit too much. We take drugs too much. We do things too much to just try to satisfy that yearning in our heart, just to try to shut it up and try to get us out of the fox. We keep doing these things, and it just never works out. Sometimes to try to relieve the loneliness, we just keep buying things. We keep buying things, but that never works out too. And some of the effects of loneliness can just be health. A person's health and sleep and diet and it just is all ruined and it can end up into depression and anxiety. There's a lot of effects of loneliness and feeling like no one wants us can happen. And here's what's at stake tonight because I believe with all my heart that this is not God's design at all. That we were designed not to feel alone and feel isolated. From the beginning in Genesis 2.8, it says, it's not good for that man to be alone. It's not good. And if you know Genesis, if you know that story, he's create, God's creating all these things. He's saying, this is good. He creates something and it's good. And then he says this, it's not good for man to be alone. That he knew loneliness from the beginning was going to be an issue. Now, I don't think, like humans are created to live in a relationship with each other. Even people who do not believe in creation would almost universally agree with the rest of the statement that's not good for us to be alone. And if you're not a Christian, or if, you don't, if you're not a follower of Jesus in this room, we are so glad that you are here in this room. And if you are struggling with loneliness, I'm glad that you're here today. Because I pray that you would just kind of listen to me. You don't have to agree with everything I say, but you would just hear me out. Because I'm going to share some hope tonight. And I pray that you would receive that. Well, and look, we'll just miss out on the abundant life that God has called us to live if we continue to just live in this loneliness, live in the season of loneliness. We'll go through our days thinking that everyone's against us, that we can't be honest with people because we feel like they'll turn our backs on us, that no one will care if we go to church and don't hang out with us, and, and, it's, and it's going to ruin our day-to-day. And it's funny that everyone is trying to figure out what the problem is because it's such an epidemic in our culture and it's funny because I, I never do research. I never read scientific articles. But as I was preparing this message, I was reading, and I was trying to study up and some things. And I, I just found, like, everyone was saying so many different things. Like, this guy said this thing. This guy said this thing. They contradicted each other. And I was just like, man, what are scientists saying? Like, it's, people are trying to figure out what the deal is. But I believe they're looking in all the wrong places because I believe tonight that the Bible has the answers for us tonight. And 
I, I believe that the Bible is super raw and super relevant. And, and if you don't believe me, I just want to run th- read through the psalm real quickly. And, and, and it's this, almost like this diary of this guy just venting to God. And it's Psalm 88. It's not going to be on the screens for you to check out. It says, O Lord, the God who saves me, day and night I cry out before you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ears to my cry. For my soul is full of trouble. My life draws near to the grave. You have taken me from me, my closest friends, and I have made me repulsive to them. I am confined and I cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Why, O oh Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? The darkness is my closest friend. And that's how the psalm ends. This guy is just venting. And maybe you can relate to that. That it's just like the season of never ending and it's like never going to end. And you're in that season right now. And I believe tonight you could walk out those doors not having to live like that anymore. Not feeling any of those feelings anymore. And so tonight I want to look at another psalm in Psalm 73. And through this season of my life of just feeling like nobody wants me, feeling very alone inside. Um, this psalm has been the anchor for my soul. Like it's just, it's the thing that I run to constantly because it just brings so much life to me. And so if you guys want to turn there, you could, but Psalm 73, just to show you the context of the situation, it's, it's this, um, this psalmist is writing and he's kind of talking about how all the bad guys, all the enemies are doing so good. Like they're winning, they're doing... Everything wrong, and they're winning. And the psalmist is doing everything right, and it seems like he's losing. So it says that, Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping, and I was almost gone, for I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. And it's really just graphic I'm just saying, like, man, these guys are doing everything wrong, everything that God hates, and for some reason they're winning, and I'm here doing everything right, being the good Christian boy, and I'm, doing, and I'm struggling, I'm doing wrong. And that's my story, man, because I grew up, the, felt like the only Christian in a public high school. And I, and I felt like, man, like, I'm doing everything right, and I'm struggling with all these things, and, and life's not a, life is really good, but it's not like the best. And, and I see all my other friends doing partying, drinking, doing everything right, and they're winning. And, they, and everything seems good to them. They're always getting what they want. And it's like, why is this happening? Because it should be the other way around. Logically, it should be the other way around. And he goes on, he feels, you could just feel that he's lonely in this battle. And he says, look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. He's going on. He's complaining. He's venting. And what we can learn here tonight is that venting is a good thing. When we go, God loves it, man. When we're honest with him. When we don't hold anything back. When we, we just give him his, like, just, just, Telling him, like, literally what's going on. And yeah, he knows, but, man, when you actually do, when you vent, especially when you go to other people, but when you go to God, especially, man, and just being like, man, things are tough. And you just, we just read two different psalms just venting that something happens. And it's super special. 
But it's just venting, venting and just spewing out all your garbage, spewing out all your junk is not the end. Because I love in this psalm, he's complaining, he's complaining, vent, but then all of a sudden in one verse, he takes this 180 turn. He takes this 180 turn and he says this, but yet, but yet I am always with you. And yet I am always with you. And what does he do here? He relines his thoughts. He, he takes those thoughts. He, he remembers his true identity. Because the fact is tonight, if you are a follower of Jesus and you feel lost, if you feel betrayed and you feel like nobody cares about you and you're in this darkness, the truth is tonight that you are loved, you're cared for, you're valued, you are wanted by Jesus and Jesus alone. He goes back to his true identity that you are a child of God, you are loved, you are secure. And he, and he knows something because he knows this, these feelings. And yeah, they feel so real, but they're feelings and you cannot trust them. You just simply can't trust your feelings because you can't let your feelings determine who you are as a person. You need to remind yourself of truth, that you are loved, and that you are wanted, and you, that you are simply cared for, and you honestly are never alone. You might feel lonely as a Christian. You might feel like nobody cares about you, but that's not true. You are never alone. God is with you. He says this. He goes on and says, you hold me by my right hand. And what I think he means is, is he's saying that when you put your trust in Jesus, what he does is he gives you your, the Holy Spirit. And what the Bible calls the Holy Spirit, he calls him a helper, an advocate, a comforter for Christians. Instead of leaving us alone, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of Every Christian that offers, that it receives a gift, and, and, and it comes with encouragement, assistance from the inside out. The Holy Spirit tonight, if you're a follower of Jesus, is your friend and is there when you feel alone. Psalmist goes on to say that your, your guide, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you take me into glory. And what I think he's saying is there is that, to be honest with you, as a believer, this is the worst that it's going to get for us. That we are never, this is, this is a temporary struggle. And when, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, it, you're never going to have to feel this way for eternity. And in this season, and maybe in this, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But what does Jesus say? Take heart, because he's overcome it. And he's with you. He's given his Holy Spirit for you. God's going to restore all these good things. And when you focus on the future, not the present condition that you are in, it gives you hope for the present. The psalmist says, Who have I he- Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. And man, this is the verse that always gets me. Because what he's saying is that there is nothing, there is nothing, nothing that this world can offer you that will truly satisfy that, that, that something in your heart that's created. There's nothing. There's not a person. There's not a drink. There's nothing that will ever satisfy you. So stop chasing it. Jesus is enough for you tonight. Maybe that's the first time you ever heard that, and, and maybe you doubt me, but ask the people around in this room that Jesus is simply enough. So you don't need to chase it people's approval. You don't need to chase other people's, but you, Jesus is simply, simply enough. This world's selling you junk. This world is, is selling you nothing. This world has nothing to offer you. There's nothing in this earth. 
Jesus is enough. And he goes on to say, and my flesh and my heart may fail. My flesh and my heart, my thoughts, my emotions, the stuff that's going on in my heart may, will, will fail me. They're going to fail me. What does the Bible also teach that? You have to guard your heart because out of it, life flows from it. So guard it. Protect it because those emotions that you feel, you can't trust them. Because God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He's the one that's going to get you through this struggle. He's simply the one that's going to get you through this struggle. He's your strength when you feel isolated. He's your strength if, if whatever you're struggling with here tonight, it might not be loneliness, it might be something else. He's the one that's going to get you through. And he goes on to say this, to wrap up the psalm. He says, but ask for me. It is good. It is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. Some of you guys know um, the Shiano family that comes to the church, this church. And um, they, Nick and Maria, she, they have the cutest little girls ever. And the one, the, their youngest daughter is named Hannah, and she's simply the cutest girl you'll ever meet. I guarantee you, I'll put 50 bucks on that. She is simply the cutest girl ever. And so I love kids, and I always mess with them. And so she, she sees me, she knows, she knows when she sees me that she's going to have a good time. And so she runs up to me, and she goes, ah! And then I go like, and be like, acting like an old scary monster. And she goes, ah! And so she screams and she runs and she runs for her dad and her dad's like six eight and like can dunk on me and stuff like that and so but she she goes and she just like grabs her dad's legs and holds on it's like not letting go you can't get like a hammer you can't get anything she's holding on to that her dad's legs really tight and then she like lets go and she runs after me again but then she goes back and does the same thing over and over again for like five hours because that's what kids do but there's something about that I realized last week. She knew that her dad was going to protect her, that her dad was going to keep her safe. So she held on because she knew I was going to mess with Nick. <laughs> he's, he's big. He's strong. But she knew that. I wonder if we do that with God. I wonder when... When we feel alone, when we feel isolated, when we feel like nobody cares about us, that we just simply, like Hannah, run to God and grab on and not let go. Because like the psalmist says, it's good to be near God. He's making God your refuge. You're secure. You're protected. You know that God's got your back and he will fight for you. I wanted to even take that situation even step further, take Hannah, put her in a room, lock her, lock her in a room like, so she's isolated and see what she would do. I know, that's sick, but please pray for me. Um, but do we do that with God? Do we run close to him? Because just like Jesus says, man, come to me like a child, like, have childlike faith and just come to me and, and just do we do that? So I just want to kind of as we're heading, kind of heading down to this plane and just kind of give you guys some practical steps to overcome this issue. And, and I think it's really good to get some practical things 
before we leave tonight. But practically, the first thing you need to do here tonight, if you're struggling with anything, honestly, anything, is that you got to admit it. You got to simply admit it. So if you feel alone, you got you to do something about it. You got to admit it first. And it's so hard. I think this is the most important step. You need to first admit that you feel alone, that you feel abandoned, that you just feel this way. And it's okay to feel that way. It really is. Like we learned that the psalmist, is, it's, he's writing it down. It's okay to feel that way. And you need to admit it. You need to simply admit it. Another thing you got to do is just get in community. Man, the reason why I love this church so much is because there are so many ways that you could get involved and you could feel, and just get in community. If, you, if you're here and you, and you feel like you don't belong in this church, okay, I, I, lo- I love you, and Doug didn't pay me to say this, but are you doing everything, what it, are you doing everything it takes to feel belonged here in this, in this church? And so, quick story, like, I came to this church, and I felt so alone, I felt like, no, like, no, like, I came to this church, was alone, had really no good friends, and so first thing I do is join a community group. Join a community group. I knew some people, but majority of people I didn't know. And so literally I got to know people. And literally I was kind of, kind of like borderline stalking, but I was just, <laughs> I'm being serious, and please don't judge, but I was like borderline just like, just re- like looking things up so people can, we can have a conversation and just to get to know people. I needed friends. I needed friends. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know I'm, I, I kind of like, I, don't, I wish I didn't do that, but I just, but here's the thing. I knew it, I had to do whatever it takes to get, just to hang out with people and get friends. And so I was talking to this one kid. He liked baseball. I loved baseball growing up. And we were talking, and he was like, man, I, I really want a batting cage. And then the light came on in my head. It's like, I have a batting cage. And what a batting cage is, it's like this big net, and you just hit balls into it. I, I did it one time because I, I got one because I did a summer schoolwork, and my dad rewarded me by getting me this batting cage. It was a really great thing, but I didn't use it anymore because we were in college at this time. I know it's, I'm getting through the story really quickly. Just stay with me. And so, I'm, and so I realized, like, hey, I don't use this batting cage. How about I just give it to you? I literally, I said that. In this conversation, like, man, I want a batting cage. Hey, do you want one? That doesn't happen. <laughs> like, that, and so the moral of the story is, give away your batting cages. <laughs> what I mean is, are you doing whatever it takes? Are you doing whatever it takes? If, if you're here and, you, and you, you come here every week and you feel alone, you feel disconnected, but you leave right after the message, right after worship's done... Like, are you doing whatever it takes? And, and you might be saying, well, I did. I joined a team. I didn't. I just didn't feel connected. It's like, well, there's so many different teams. Like, if you're on production team, you shouldn't be on production team, and you're a girl, and you need to be on 22-6 because there's a bunch of girls at 22-6, join 22-6. Like, we, we, there's a place for you to feel connected and make friends and do whatever it takes. Get real. And when I mean community, I really mean, like, people you can go to and you could just pour out everything. I have those guys in my life. And as I'm working through this loneliness thing, and, and, and it's a pride thing, and it's like a lot of times I just got to like, I know it's for my soul, and I have to like let go of my pride and get real with people consistently because I need to get holy, I need to grow, and, and it's tough, and it's a struggle. But are you doing whatever it takes to get real and to get honest with people? And, and that, those friendships might take some time, but they're so worth it. They are so worth it. So who are the people in your life that you could be totally real with and totally honest with? Because you need that. 
And if you're consistently feeling alone and you're consistently feeling like all this stuff, man, you need to constantly surrender to God. It's a fight. This just doesn't happen. You can't fight loneliness alone. You need to keep going after it. And it's hard, and it's darkness, and it might stay for a while, but just know that God's going to protect you, and God's good. God's good. So the bottom line here tonight is that you are found in the arms of Christ. You're found. You're found. You're not lost anymore. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are found in the arms of Christ. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest for your soul. Jesus also tells this one story. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hill and go search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I'll tell you the truth. He will rejoice over it more than the other 99 that didn't wander away in the same way. It's not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. What does Jesus mean by telling that story? It means that he will lead 99 other sheep to go after you. And if you feel lost here tonight, and you feel like nobody wants you, and you feel like nobody cares about you, Jesus is pursuing you. God is pursuing you. He's that type of God that he will pursue you, that he's reckless enough to leave the 99 and pursue you because he loves you so much. And he makes, wants to make sure that you are secure in his love. Because listen, Jesus understands here tonight what you're going through. He died on the cross, right? Forsaken by God for us. Lonely. God, people were spinning in his face. Did, took whips to the back, doing things that I, I, we can't even describe. It's so inhumane for you so you don't have to be alone forever again. And if you're not a Christian here tonight, this is, this is the greatest hope you'll ever hear for the rest of your life. Because here's the deal. The truth is tonight, if you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are separate. And I mean that in the most loving way. You are separate. But here's the deal. That doesn't have to be the case anymore. Because Jesus got on the cross. He bridged that gap. And if you receive his love and you receive and you put your faith and trust in Jesus tonight, you're good. You receive his grace. You receive salvation and you're free. And you don't have to be alone forever again. You could be belong in a family that loves you you're a part of his kingdom, and you'll start a journey the rest of your life. It'll be the greatest journey you ever have because God doesn't want you to be alone. He doesn't want you to be separated from him forever. So what did he do? He got on the cross, took the punishment that we deserve. And why did he go on the cross? Because that's what our sin deserved, and he paid that debt in full. And all you have to do is receive that gift because Jesus bridged that gap. So come, come, and you'll be saved. So if you did that, and if you received that gift, you're found, you're loved, you're wanted, and you're secure. You are simply found in the arms of Christ. And this battle of loneliness, yeah, it's a battle, and there'll be good days, and there'll be 
good months and there'll be bad days and bad months. But simply the truth is, remember who you are. Remember the truth that you are found in the arms of Christ. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. You've been so, so good to us, God. Thank you that you left the 99 other sheep to chase after us. Thank you, God, that in this battle, it's good to be near you. It's good to run to you. And it's good to make you a refuge. Non-Christians in this room, if you, if you feel like putting your faith and trust in Jesus tonight, you don't, you could start by simply having a conversation with God and and you don't have to have all the answers here tonight. You could keep coming back, and that's okay. But tonight, if you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus, this isn't it's magic words. It's, these even words aren't going to save you. It's if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So you can repeat after me something like this. God, I'm alone. God, I'm, I feel separated. I feel abandoned. And the life I'm living isn't satisfying me at all. God, I've realized that this is sin. And I realized tonight that you paid the debt. God, I receive your grace. I receive your love. Thank you for getting on a cross and dying for my sin. And raising back from the dead to give me life and life abundantly. In Jesus' name.